0: Well, hello, uh, if you're listening, uh, this is another new episode of NMPC Plus. Thank you so much for listening. This is also take two on the video. Uh, We said that we would try it out last week and we did try it out and it didn't work. So hopefully this time, uh, this iteration and this episode of the podcast will actually have some video Uh, for those of you who are listening. And also for those of you who are watching, uh, my name is Josh. I'm the worship pastor here at New Mercy Palisades Church little old church plant that could in palisades park new jersey and i'm joined as always by pastor bobe hello pastor bobe hello and i am joined by pastor key at the end of the table hello pastor key hello hello how you guys doing today how how do you feel this is also the first time that we set up the tables like this i figured if we're gonna do it let's do it Doing right you know what i mean I wondered. why not yeah so you know this is just our little way of trying to i don't know I just thought
1: it'd be cool to, to do it like this.
0: I'm a little like thrown it. off. Yeah, you're thrown off?
1: Yeah, because Bob is always on your left. That's true. Usually, and that's, that's always kind of the rhythm. That's true. Of oh, your yeah. introduction.
0: Yeah, well, we're always growing here, okay? <laughs> we're moving fast. We're <laughs> a speedboat. You know. We're not a cruise ship. Sometimes we make left. Sometimes we make right. Sometimes people will see how weird I am in my actions, and other times people will see, hear them Two, on the podcast, I don't know what I'm saying, in any case. <laughs> anyway. So that's, yeah. that's going to be our clip on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, hopefully we'll we'll have some, some better clips. Um, uh, before we get into it, I wanted to ask, because it's something, I, I think even last week it was kind of in the news, but we mm-hmm. never really got a chance to speak about it. Mm-hmm. But have you two um, heard anything at all about the Asbury revival that's been going on?
2: Yeah. 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 Somebody I know went there actually. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's right. You had mentioned that last week uh for a brief second. For those of you who are unfamiliar, um there is a there's this uh, what I understand the best I could try to um, understand is uh, there's a small um like Bible college, Christian school, a lot like the one that I went to. Um, I went to Naya College, but this uh, particular school in Kentucky Uh, It's called Asbury University, and um, basically what happened is, to the best of my understanding, uh, they had a chapel service one day, and then um, towards the end of the chapel service, there was kind of like a movement or some kind of a thing that started happening in which people just hung around, and they hung around, and they hung around, and this uh revival service it just ended up lasting days and days uh, on end yeah um I, i don't know what the last count was um but basically um after a few days even throughout the weekend i believe it was um they finally just said that monday would be the last day of this um gathering of 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 uh, what was happening at this small little school in Kentucky, mostly because of logistical problems. Yeah. Like, people were flocking to Asbury University, and it caused all of this, all of these different problems um, in and throughout the town um, of, of uh, I think it's Wilmore, Kentucky that it yeah. was. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I don't know I, if you guys have heard about it at all. I just kind of want to get your takes on the situation, what you've heard about, or... How you feel about it all? Anything yeah. Anything at all?
1: I uh it was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah. Um When did you first hear about it? Uh man, it was on social media and I think the first person I, I I you know, I heard like here and there I didn't really pay attention initially, but then uh Rob Reamer wrote a post on Facebook about it. Uh he's a uh, professor at uh Alliance Seminary, yep. and and I was like, okay, well, this is interesting, you know? And I, I want to reserve judgment, mm-hmm. like people are going back and forth, is it like a real revival, is it a real awakening, and this and that, uh, but I don't know, I, I think people who were there were being genuine, mm-hmm. I think they genuinely experienced something, uh, I, I do like what... And so a lot of people were commenting on it. I do like what some people said. You know, it's ultimately the fruit of the revival that, that determines whether it was legitimate or not. And I think that's, those are wise words. Um, but the only other thought I had was, ah, man, I, I just, I'm curious if the administration, and, you know, I know it was probably hard for them, you know, trying to figure out the logistics and stuff and, you know, fire code and this and that. But a part of me is wondering if they went the other way and they're like, you know, instead of shutting it down, what can we do? What resources do we need to make it allow allow it to keep going? Right. You know, and I'm so curious how that could have ended, you know, but it ended the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure God's sovereign over all of that. Yeah. But genuinely, you know, I'm reserving judgment. I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, It does seem like it was legitimate. Um. Experience for everybody who went. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Pastor Bova? Have you heard anything about it at all?
2: Um, From the person that went, I didn't hear it directly, but what that person said was that it was like a very sweet and pure revival, mm-hmm. like feeling yeah. um, there. And it's not like super like dramatic or explosive, mm. but that it was like very sweet. Yeah. I think it's cool. Like, you know, you don't see a lot of that. And especially from like, you know, the newer generation leading it because it was all like student-led. Yeah. Um, I think that's really powerful. And I think a lot of people are, you know, curious or like maybe some people are skeptical. Like, what is this about? You know, whatever. But I feel like... "Mm," yeah, like the fruit is going to be what um, is going to show us that this is a move of God. But I think also just the testimonies mm-hmm. that are flowing out of that, I think, I think, is evidence enough for me. Anyway, to say that God is really on the move to something, and I feel like, um, isn't it like, aren't they like trying to relocate it or something?
0: Yeah that that's what I heard. Yeah. because, um if if it's going to happen sort of at the same clip or at the same pace with the same amount of people then they definitely need to relocate it just because of logistics yeah yeah. like a lot of what i heard it's it's just a logistics problem
3: right now so it's not
2: technically like ending they're trying to like see where they can go like i today i saw a clip and people are still there yeah like going there trying to get a piece of it like trying to get a taste of it and something like um, there are other universities that kind of cut the fire yeah. and are having their own little pockets of revival yeah. and you know obviously the one of the fruit is that it spreads it's not just located to Asbury University but that it spreads mm. so I mean we'll see I'm excited to see what like is birthed out of this movement hopefully you know it'll come this way too <laughs> yeah why not right yeah. why not us yeah, right For sure. so yeah that's I actually like this makes me more hopeful and more expectant for something to happen um, in our day and age, mm. you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, when uh, when I was reading a little bit about it and when I had first heard about it, um, man, I-, I had a bunch of thoughts, thoughts on it as well, um, you know? Uh, For me, uh, the kind of beginning half of my ministry, I was with the uh, ministry um, in the local area, and a lot of what we were trying to do was, you know, our slogan, our tagline was just try to bring revival to this region, um, whatever that looks like. Um, And we sort of banged on that drum for for years and years and years, you know? Yeah. And so when I heard about what was going on, there was a part of me that was like, there? Why not here, Lord? You yeah, know what I mean. I, yeah. There's a there's a part of my heart, and I'm just being super honest right now. Like, there was a part of my heart that got a little bit a little bit jealous about what was happening, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. And this isn't one of those like holy jealousies that I had either. Mm. If I'm being really honest, it was kind of like a oh man, that's that's really cool, but why not here and why not in this region? Why not um, for the ones that have been banging that drum around here? Um, for generations and uh, and that's not just me uh, but I mean people that that have come before me and people that are going to come after me like why not here and um, you know as I continue to think through it there's also the the strange and icky thing of like you know because I don't know how else to like get information on it than to like go on news sites or go to YouTube and all that stuff and Mm. almost immediately after I put in like revival like Asbury revival there were um, in like YouTube videos right next to the chapel service video of like, you know, the thumbnail of like the guy or the girl that's like sitting there. Like, I went to Asbury Revival. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's what I saw, and mm. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is me continuing to resist the moment that we find ourselves in, but I, I don't know. Is that just human nature <laughs> of like people need to go and see and and then report on it and then be like, this is real, this is not, you know, like. Mm. Is that just a a, a a product of the fact that we live in this time in which everything needs to be broadcast and everything needs to be like put out there on YouTube and 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 I know that that sounds a little bit even hypocritical even as we mm-hmm. <laughs> sit around this table and try to do that same thing you know what mm-hmm. I mean but
1: right. that's true
0: yeah I, I don't know I I, I struggle. Um, not with whether or not it's good. Uh, I think I'm I'm kind of in the same place as you guys. Just let the fruit of the ministry, fruit of whatever happened in this moment, let that kind of be the determining factor of whether or not it was good or whether yeah. or not it was bad. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where like when God does something, he reveals kind of what's in your heart and yeah. he reveals in, what's in your heart in in so many different ways, the good and the bad, you know what I mean? So,
1: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, you know, and I like how you talked about it. Um, one thought that kind of hit me was a lot of the people there. It seemed like "quote unquote" they called them the Gen Z. Yeah, I saw some posts like, "Oh, we have hope in Gen Z." Yeah, you know, I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's interesting." And yeah. then I listened to the songs they were singing. I'm like, "Those are not Gen Z songs. <laughs> those are really old songs." Yeah, I'm yeah. like, "Oh, I guess there's there's sure. you know those songs are still being passed on." So, for sure. So that was interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I haven't given up on
0: um this or the next generation at all, but there's also maybe there's also a little bit of a grieving that happens and I'm still kind of in that place of grieving the idea that that's not necessarily the kind of work or the kind of ministry that I do anymore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I just I just thought it was interesting um as a as a podcast um as a just a group of pastors that kind of get around the table and talk about these kinds of things. Uh, I just thought it was interesting to kind of think about that. And, and I I think the other question that I had was the idea of, mm, you know, that is in Kentucky, right? That is kind of um, over there. And whether right or wrong, I, I think my mind sort of immediately goes to, couldn't that happen here?
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? And um, I, I guess I just want to ask you guys, if we think about it a little bit, and if we're being honest with ourselves, have you given any thought to like, could something like that even happen here?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Could <clears throat> understanding the sort of culture of spirituality and the culture that kind of we are here, here in the Northeast, could something like that happen here in this region? And I, I, I would also qualify it by saying we get we get that God can do anything. Like we totally understand that. I'm saying, like this is more so about like the human heart mm. and the human ability to to want a move of God so deeply and desperately that it actually tips the needle so much that a wave like that happens. I don't know. Did,
1: is something like that even possible here in this region? I have to hope. But when I immediately, in my mind, went to a couple Bible locations, one was where Jesus says he went to this town, and the Bible says, or the Bible says he was not able to do as much because of the lack of faith. Yeah. So that makes me like, oh well, Northeast is not very <laughs> yeah. conducive to that. Yeah. But then, you know, you remember the story of uh Jonah and Nineveh, which is completely like anti God. Mm-hmm. And Jonah preached a message of repentance and there was all out uh, repentance and revival there, despite their condition. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when I look at those two sides of the spectrum, I'm just like, well, I think we fall somewhere in between. I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but what will bring about that kind of revival is is a question. What method will, will God use? But from the human side, you know, I don't know, man. It's tough. Uh, I, you know, I, I've actually talked to a lot of pastors from different regions. They're like, I don't know how you guys do ministry in the Northeast. Mm. Uh, that's where ministers go to die. I'm like, what? <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> yeah. my Grow some skin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. But... Yeah, I you know, like you said, God can do it, but given the realities of the Northeast, I think it's going to take a special move, personally.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe there is a re- reason why it wasn't at a major city. Interesting. I think, like, and I'm just talking here, thinking out loud. Go ahead and talk then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think. I do believe that revival is possible in this area. Um, Partly because, like mainly because I know God can do anything. But also I think there are pockets of people that are really going from a one-dimensional religious life to seeing God's power move um, in in different ways. Mm -hmm. Not just one, but many ways. And people are coming more awake to the reality of the spiritual mm. which mm. i think is very necessary um so i do believe that it can happen here but i think maybe this is just my hypothesis
3: go ahead go ahead
2: but maybe the reason why i wasn't at a major city was possibly like because of the spiritual warfare that happens mm. because think about it let's say revival broke out in new york city The the kind of influence it could have globally, I think, is beyond anything we can imagine, Hmm. you know? And because of that, I think probably the enemy is working double time, triple time here to keep us under a lull.
3: Hmm.
2: And so, not to say that God can't break through that lull, Mm -hmm. but I think they're... Maybe there requires something of us believers, whether it's in the type of faith we have or the way we're praying for revival to come to this area that we need to be unified on
3: mm.
2: in order to see that kind of revival come. Yeah, And I think there is something to how this Asbury University revival, you know, how that people are describing it as sweet and pure. I think that pure peace is, like, really important. Um, Yeah. Hmm. When receiving the revival. Hmm. And, yeah. So, I do believe that it could happen here. Now, will it happen the way, the same as Asbury? Probably not. Or maybe it will, you know? But I think my hope, personally when I was, you know, cause there were people live streaming it yeah. for like 24 seven, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm watching it. And as I'm watching, even like, I literally watch like two minutes at a time, mm-hmm. um, just to see like how, how it's going, you know? And every time I would tune in, there's this hope that arises in my heart. Hmm. And I'm hoping that, um, when, It happens wherever I may be, whether it's here or, you know, in New York City or wherever that's near here. Like, I hope I have eyes to see Mm. that this is a revival. Mm. I think not everybody's going to be on the same page as us. Not everybody's going to recognize this as a revival, even Asbury, right? Like people probably, I don't know what people are saying on social media or anything, but like people might be critics of it, Mm. you know, and they might miss what God is actually doing. And I don't want that. Yeah. So the hope for me and for all of us, I think, is that we would have eyes to see, and know, and recognize that this is a move of God. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's that's an interesting point that you bring up. The idea of could it have a hap- Could it have happened in a major city? Um, you know. The area that we minister to, I mean, we minister to a very smaller area than just like the larger Northeast and yeah. like Northeast Corridor, right? We're in New Jersey and we're in a very specific town. Um, and um, our region that we serve is maybe a little bit smaller, right? Um, but it's still a quite a large bit of region that we try to minister to. And yeah. yet even still beyond that, like the Northeast Corridor, New York City, New Jersey, the tri-state area—all of it kind of seems so big that, like, can one church, can one body, can one entity really even touch an entire region like that? Um, so it's 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 funny that you say that. Could it have happened in a in a big city? Um, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but um, there was a thing. Um, someone said this to me years ago um but uh, i went to i went to a hillsong concert this was before they set up camp Mm -hmm. really in in uh, new york in new jersey um and hillsong just sort of sent a team and they were touring and they were going everywhere and i i went to one of the um i guess concerts or worship nights or what you whatever you want to call it and I went there, and I think it was Joel Houston who was kind of saying some stuff. And he was saying how, for years, people were saying, don't go to the Northeast. Like, don't go to New York City, don't go there, because it's not going to be the way that you think it's going to be, right? Yeah. Um, and then after that, I, I just thought that was interesting, but I kind of put that away. And then the people that I was with that night, uh, particularly uh, my one friend, he was saying how he had heard that before, mm. that he had heard that um, these Christian artists, especially in the 90s and the early 2000s, in which um, kind of CCM was bigger than it has ever been, and yeah. um, and there were plenty of touring artists and musicians, and they would go to all these places. But uh, one of the few places that they would avoid in America was the Northeast, specifically New York City, hmm. um, because hmm. it was just so dead and empty, and everybody was just doing their own thing, and nobody hmm. really cared about all these things. And so it's funny that you mentioned that, Bobabe, just because I sometimes go back to that place, right? And I heard that years ago. I want to say like upwards of 10, 12 years ago, I heard that. And, and, you know, Hillsong coming to New York city marked, uh, like a, a huge shift and a huge kind of change in the mm. region. Mm. But, but then again, I come back to, this is
3: 2023.
0: Mm. And are we back there? Have we progressed? Have we progressed as far as we wanted to as a region? Um, and this is a larger conversation than the three of us can sort of hash out right now, but I don't know. I just, I just every once in a while, I, I, my mind kind of goes there. And I think yeah. the Asbury Revival itself was sort of, um, it just got me thinking again. Yeah. Thinking about our region. Yeah. Thinking about maybe a little bit more than just our church. I mean, this podcast exists because we wanted to speak to our people, right? That That still remains true even to this day, but... But every once in a while, I am caused and I am led to think about more than just our church, and I think about this region, you know? And so, I don't know. I don't know if something like that could happen right now. Not mm. because God doesn't want it, but, but I, I don't know how many of the people do.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's what I'll say. I think, just to modify what I said a little bit, um, knowing the people that I know and knowing how God is moving their lives— I do think revival is possible, you know? Uh, and, I, you know, we've seen, personally, I've seen a move of God happen within our community, right? Um, and so, I don't know, when I think about my people, our people, when we think about some of the other people I know in this region, uh, I definitely think it's, it's possible. There mm-hmm. really is strong faith uh, and hunger there. Uh, another thing I will say is... Um, you know, one of the things they said to Tim Keller when he launched Redeemer back in the early 90s mm. was that he was going to fail. Yeah. You don't plant a church in New York City. That's right. Right? That's right. Um, but he went and he did it, and one of the things that he's gifted at is just um, contextualizing and adapting his preaching for the people of this area, mm. right? And once you can kind of needle your way through some of those issues that— that are specific, I would say, or, I mean, everybody struggles with these things, but there's something very specific about this particular region. They struggle with certain ideas and things like that, and he's able to kind of work his way through them, and a lot of people came to God because Mm of that, you know? And I feel like part of it is going to be us unpacking our region and knowing and actually unpacking what, the culture is because we love them that much. And I feel like if we, if more and more people can do that and more and more people come to God, I, I definitely think it's possible. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't take, you know, some strategy that happens in Kentucky and bring it over here and it's just going to click. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, um, and so, for people who say, "I'm going to take Kill Songs and we're going to New York, and it's going to die," it's going to die because this isn't Hill, this isn't Australia. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, so I don't know. There's there's a lot there. I feel like we can talk a lot about these things, uh, contextualization and things like that. And but I think it's possible.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's possible.
0: Is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Will <laughs> it look like what it did in Kentucky? Maybe not. And maybe that's what we're saying, right? Maybe better. Maybe better. (laughs) I don't know. Is one move of God better than another move of God? (laughs) There you go. You got me. You got me. No, but uh, let me try to put some kind of a nice little wrapping paper on this idea. Um, As much as maybe it um, uh, grinds my gears a little bit, Hmm. the people that go to Asbury in a sort of voyeuristic sense. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. as much as that kind of grinds my gears, um, I'm sure that there are also people that are going to Asbury and that that have gone and come back from mm-hmm. um, that that little place um, in Kentucky, and they didn't go because of any voyeuristic reason, but they went because they were hungry, yeah, and they wanted something. Mm-hmm. They wanted something that maybe they they weren't getting or 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 they they couldn't give to themselves, and they just. Decided to, to to go out there and to to see what's happening, mm. and to that degree, I, I think God honors desperation. I yeah. think God honors hunger, and so um, to those people that are truly hungry, uh, maybe that's what it takes, right? Like maybe maybe it's it's the hungry that are going to eat the most, um, and that and they're going to enjoy it the most too, right? So, mm. um, yeah, I mean hopefully um, if you're if you just heard about the Asbury revival you know from this little conversation hopefully that that causes you to maybe look into it but then also that you would look into it with with new and hopeful eyes rather than um yeah rather than cynical and yeah. and less than helpful ones right yeah so
1: yeah if I can I say something to that think, as yeah. well i I have a very strong aversion to uh spectacle and people flocking to spectacle yeah um you know sometimes when i see people going to these massive christian concerts oh, they're you know going crazy i'm just like well let's see what happens a week from now Sure. you know what what are you going to be like when sure. somebody you know cuts you off in the road or whatever right so that's that's kind of my instinct but yeah. when i when i look in the new testament i realize jesus drew crowds mm. there was a lot of spectacle there and clearly like you said there are a lot of people who were very hungry and desperate for god who who flocked to him so in that way it it kind of um, I found myself chastened, you know, Hey, you know, don't judge on it simply because of the way it looks, you know, um, there are always, always going to be people who exploit it. Uh, but then there's other people who really, and there's a lot of them who really want God and that's why they go. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get it however you can get it, I guess. <laughs>
2: why not?
0: Yeah. Um, Let's, uh, let's take a break um, just because what we're going to do next is, is like, you know, so different from,
3: okay.
0: um, from what we're, we're talking about now. So let's uh, take just a small break and then uh, we'll get back into it with the uh, sermon conversation. So don't go anywhere if you're watching. Don't go anywhere if you're listening. <laughs> and we're back. Thank you for waiting the 10 seconds. We appreciate you coming back. Um, we are um, in the middle of, or actually j- this past Sunday we got to the end of the latest uh, little series. Uh, Pastor Key gave the message. Um, and, uh, you know, as we do, we're just trying to unpack it and and we're, we're trying to talk a little bit uh, about kind of, Uh, What happened on Sunday Maybe expand on it And kind of take that idea A little bit deeper Um, Also too um, Pastor Key We were We had our staff meeting yesterday As we always do on Tuesdays And uh, you had said something very interesting, and I want to get into that, but for right now, just for the sake of this conversation and to build a little bit of context about what's going on, Pastor Key, I'm going to give it over to you. And if you could just help us understand where we were, what your message was about, kind of your overall heart, um, and where you wanted to steer it, and then we'll sort of take it from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so this was the last sermon in uh, uh, Walking with the Spirit series, and... Uh, so, if in the first sermon we talked about experiencing God, why that's important, why that's a product of our faith. The second sermon we talked about faith, right? And um, I, I encourage people to to recognize faith as something that's very rational and that's very reasoned, mm. um, and using the reasoning as a resource for us to take that bolder step of faith sometimes people can't take that bold step of faith because they're like oh it's not rational there's no reasoning behind it but when you see that there is like oh i could take this step of faith and it's very sound you know and so i talked about then the second one uh and the third one i talked about uh obedience
0: yeah And that was this past sunday
1: yeah yep. and basically the the main theme was um or the main idea was you only really get to know something after you do it,
3: mm.
1: and in the Christian life, that looks like obedience, right? And um, I talked about how when you do obey, um, these things unfold in your life. You discover things about God that you didn't you didn't know before, because as you're doing it, you see um, deeper truths. Just like you know, you play any sport. The more you play, it, the deeper you you see the strategy and the truths behind it. And I, I think I use pizza, the making of pizza, to you know illustrate that. And how when I started making pizza, um, I was like, "Oh my god, I know so much more about pizza. So many things I'd even see before." Right, and that was very helpful to me. Yeah. You know? um, and so the Christian life is very similar. And it's interesting because all the big writers, all the Christian spirituality people, they all would say the same thing about obedience. Mm-hmm. Right. Obedience is the key that unlocks every door, is what C.S. Lewis said, right? And uh, so the fact that everybody says it, I think there's there's something to it. And so basically the way it works is um, as we take these steps of faith and obey God, uh, as we're walking with the Spirit, uh, we will experience um, deeper intimacy, deeper relationship, and things like that Yeah, with
0: God. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, there was uh, one part of the message, and I actually, um, because you um, upload your manuscript, <laughs> which is not something that I was very used to before I started uh, serving here, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you uploaded your manuscript, and I got to kind of re-listen to your sermon as I was sort of reading through your manuscript. Yeah. Number one, as a as a fellow preacher, I think that's it's always nice to see, and it's always interesting to see what your actual... Um, Script. I just did it, like your ums and your ahs and your little breaks and how, how that might fit in and how that might mm. actually kind of go into your manuscript. Sometimes I get so into sermon prepping that I'll <laughs> input some of those things in, like yeah. those little moves yeah, yeah. Um, that I'll actually put them in. Anyway, that's that's a neither here or there. I just, uh-huh. I just kind of said that. But uh, there was one part of the message I'm going to kind of re- recant it for us. And then uh, I kind of wanted to take that idea a little bit deeper. You said this, if you actually do the will of God, this is right around the the 25, 26 minute mark. You Mm. said something to the effect of, if you actually do the will of God, you will have these moments of illumination and discovery that you simply cannot access any other way. Mm. And then you shared a quote by Philip Yancey, which says, I do not get to know God, then do His will. I get to know Him by doing His will. Yeah, I think... That is such a lovely and wonderful grounding yet accessible thing and truth for us all to sort of meditate and sit on for a while. But here's the thing. (laughs) A lot of us, many of us, will sit and meditate and think about and process something like that. Mm. And then we won't actually ever get around to doing his will. Yeah, that's right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, can you and I, I? I'd love for for the the both of you to kind of speak into this, um, however you can. But can you speak into the idea of as a as a pastor, as a preacher? I'm trying to convince you of something. A lot of preaching is just I, I'm trying to convince you of something. Mm-hmm. In this uh, sermon, Pastor Key. The idea is you're trying to convince us to be obedient in our relationship with the Lord so that we would actually do the will of God, thereby we get to know him more, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's basically what this moment, what, what this excerpt is about. But can you speak into that? Because between my trying to get to convince you of something yeah. and your actually— listening taking up the mental and then doing something about it there is often a disconnect right yeah so help me understand what that disconnect is help me understand like why um, this is nice i do not get to know god then do his will i get to know him by doing his will but why don't we do his will
1: as much as we should like how come we don't you know yeah that's the mystery right <laughs> you okay bobe yeah You seem a little tired. No, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking. Thinking, yeah. My brain is going. Yeah. I don't know. That's the perennial question, right? Jesus telling people to do things, why didn't do it? Yeah. And um, I can only speak from personal experience. Sure. For me, it really... It really boils down to just... Here's what I'll say. What's interesting is as you do god's will it's very not glamorous yeah here's what that's that's what people have to realize is the doing of god's will is actually believe it or not very laborious very burdensome very hard um but as you're doing it um a concrete example would be you know in the book of acts in the beginning it says go spread the gospel make disciples from Jerusalem and on and outward, right? And, I, you know, I take that very seriously so I go on missions, right? Uh, as I've gone on missions, man, I'm getting like canker sores in my mouth. I'm tired out of my mind, sure. this and that. You know, teams are, the team is like falling apart. People are getting upset at one another. I'm like, what is this, right? Mm-hmm. This is not the fruit of, this is not what I expected. But as I, in those times that I've struggled in that obedience, God would pop up And do something amazing. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, I see. You know, this would not have happened if we had not taken the step to obey through the hard grind of this initial Mm. thing. And so, I don't know. I I really don't know what will get people's butts off their chairs to to do something. Um, But just keep telling these stories. And maybe one day somebody will be like, you know what? I'm going to try it. Yeah. I think that's really the that's the only thing I've seen in my life. You know, somebody be like, you know, hey Pascal, I was convicted by what you said, I'm gonna go on missions. Mm-hmm. And then they go on missions and like, Oh my god, this thing happened and then it becomes a re- reinforcing cycle at mm-hmm. that point, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like some people they just need to take one step somewhere. And then not just once, but just keep going into that thing and then experience God there, and then mm-hmm. I feel like that'll be a reinforcing cycle. I don't know. That's really, it's, I mean, that's the biggest thing that pastors struggle with. Like, how do we get people to do stuff? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Listen, I recognize that I'm not asking the easiest questions,
3: right?
0: <laughs> but, but this I mean, is the real stuff. Yeah, you know this what is I mean? the job. This yeah. is the job of trying to get people to actually hear what we're saying and then yeah. do it, right? But I don't know. I Boba, I need your help. I need you to speak into that disconnect between mm. me saying to somebody, just obey. And uh, we're going to get into this in a little bit, but the idea mm. of like th- obedience leads to... Uh, a, a more unique life that was one of the points yeah. that you were making pastor yeah. key that mm-hmm. eventually like you'll know that 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 obedience to the lord is not constricting it's actually opening up more places in your life for you yeah. to become That's right. the 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 unique individual that you are but there's still that disconnect I, I mean tell me a little bit about how you i don't know how you wrestle with that disconnect as a pastor as a as someone who's also trying to convince people to do that which you see is good but
2: i think there's like two things i think about the first thing is i think people are afraid mm. of what they need to follow god in i see and then i think the second one is they don't know what to do mm. and i think those two things are probably the majority of the reason why people don't do anything
3: mm.
2: now If I can add like a third one, I think it's just straight up laziness. Yeah. Like just being really honest, right? Like there's like not enough. I have plenty of conversations where people are like, I want to do this. I want to follow Jesus. I want to, I want to. And then they don't. Yeah. So then do you really want it or are you just lazy?
1: Mm. Can I add something to that? Yeah. I think contributing to the lazy, I think lazy is joined with comfort. Hmm. Um because I I a conversation came up with somebody that who I think is actually a very good Christian. Um but they were blunt to me. They said, you know, I have a good amount of money, I have a nice house. Sure. I don't I find myself not wanting to put that at risk. Sure. Uh, and I feel like that's probably a pervasive thing in this region. Sure. Right. And that speaks to what you're talking about, Pastor Boby. I think that is all, it's a lock on people from taking that step. Hmm.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I said this before and I say it again. I don't, fr- I really don't think like God wants to push us to the edge of breaking in that way. Yeah. Not At least not everybody. <laughs> okay. yeah. I was just yeah, about yeah. Yeah. to at push least back. Not everybody. Right, yeah.
0: right, right, right.
2: And I think the people that God does push, mm-hmm. it's because they've been pushed in different ways before. Mm-hmm. God doesn't just push somebody mm-hmm. over the cliff. Mm-hmm. No, that's know?
1: right. I think you're right. I think a lot of people have this image of God that He's going to make them do the hardest possible thing if they open their lives up to god
2: it's because that's the thing that they're the most afraid of losing yeah (laughs) and like if god immediately made me give up food Uh uh-huh i would not i would not obey but he doesn't ask that of me (laughs) i you know that's a very silly example but it's a very true example.
0: I have a story about that. Like the way, Lord <laughs>
2: knows fasting, He's going to save that for something that really counts. Mm-hmm. But He's going to make me fast the other things mm-hmm. to prep me for the one thing that really counts. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if I, in, at least in my relationship with the Lord, that's always been the case. He preps me to yeah. do the big thing. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Right? But then. Um, Just going back to what I was saying, I think if we can't obey even in the very basic things about spending time with God, reading His Word, then that fear that I was talking about will always take over our obedience because you don't know what God is asking of you. Hmm. And you're making all this stuff up in your brain about the possibilities of what God is going to take away from you because you're absolutely afraid of losing that thing that you're afraid of losing, Mm, (laughs) you know? And I think, number one, the Lord, He's a gentleman. He's a jealous God, but He's also very gentle. Mm. And He's a righteous person. Mm. And He knows literally everything about us. We have to trust in that. Mm. When he says, I want you to do this. This is, spend time with me. You know what I mean? Like, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: even in the basic. Because unless you do that, you won't know. And then people ask the questions. I don't know what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) did you try this? Did you try reading, spending time, praying, like, you tried that and then maybe it'll get clearer
1: yeah and when people say that they don't know what God wants them to do I think they're almost asking they're almost looking for something very like specific like he wants me to do this thing yeah and like no the Bible is very clear about what God wants you to do yep you know what I mean do any of that (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, start with one of those yeah. little things, Yeah, for sure. you know, and, and there, you know, their God, I think will open up things. Mm. Uh, if
2: you look in the Bible, generally speaking, all the people that God commanded to do something extravagant, they were already counted as righteous before the Lord.
3: Mm. Yeah.
2: Like we have to think about that. Yeah. There's so much value in that line. Yeah. They were already doing the stuff before God asked them to do anything. Mm.
1: And to speak to reinforce your point, you see the disciples' lives, right? I mean, they're bumbling, falling over all over themselves for like three years, and but slowly, God was making them. And what they end up accomplishing for the kingdom, what they were at the beginning, they would not have been able to yeah. do that. They would not yeah. have been able to give up those sacrifices. They would not have been able to suffer the way they did. But Jesus walked them through, exposed the idols, kind of worked on them, showed them love and gave them faith and power and all that stuff. But then I do struggle with, there is that one instance where he points out that one idol to the rich young r- ruler, Right said, you have done all these mm-hmm. things, but this thing you lack. Absolutely. Give up all your money, sell all your possessions. And then the sad. I mean, this is one of the saddest moments in the, in the Gospels where the rich young ruler walks away sad because he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, the text says, um, looked at him and loved him. And I'm like, what is going on there? You yeah. know what I mean? But I don't want to take that particular story – as indicative of—I don't want to make it bigger than what it is. And also, I, I, I think there's a lot more going on there than meets the eye. And also, we don't know the end of that story, believe it or not. You know what I mean? Maybe Jesus—because I think there's a lot of times when Christians are like, I can't do it. I, and then 10 years later, they have to do it. you know. And so maybe that rich young ruler failed there. Jesus's love continued with him after the resurrection— Something happened. Mm. Changes are, and so again, I. But that story sticks out to me. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure it sticks out in everybody's mind. Yeah,
0: so for sure, yeah. it's 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 funny that you guys make those um, particular points, um, Bobe, about you know just like the quick example of like if God told you to give up food, you you wouldn't be able to do it. And <laughs> Pesky <laughs> for you, um, you were just talking about the idea of like the rich young ruler and maybe hinting at the idea of progression and yeah. like. And how? Who knows? Maybe down the line there could have been something. We just we all we know is that one instance of his life, right? Yeah.
1: And sorry, <clears throat> and where you see that is actually where you see somebody progressing is actually Nicodemus. Yes, right. Nicodemus. And you, I mean, you preach the I first story well. I know the story very And well, then yeah. by the end, he's coming and he's with Joseph Arimathea, yeah. right? And then like he was still following Jesus, yep. yeah. you know. And that's so. Yeah. So powerful yeah. to me. and yeah.
0: the cover of night with yeah. the threat of persecution, Nicodemus and Joseph are the two people that are named that actually honor the Lord and give him a, a, a place
1: of burial. Yeah. And talk about putting your reputation and neck on the line. Yeah. You know, that was what was, he was afraid of, yep. you know, but... Yeah. But that so, happened
0: in John 19. It didn't happen in John 3 when exactly, we first saw him. Exactly. Right.
1: But that gives us hope. Exactly. That there's this progression. Exactly. You know.
0: Um it's it's funny um because I, so I, I I said I had a few stories and hopefully this um is actually encouraging rather than just <laughs> me sharing how I, I flounder. I'm a big guy, you know? I'm a big guy. I have a very interesting relationship with food. I always have my entire life. Hmm. Uh I have two older brothers and they're my size, it, they're greater than or equal to me. Okay. So just it, <laughs> both in size and stature. Um we we've all uh, the limb men have all just sort of grown up in America with these huge statures. Um, I have a very interesting relationship with food. I always have, I've always been heavy, always been um like 99th percentile growing up mm-hmm. in terms of weight and all that stuff. And so by the time I get to um, you know, adolescence, you know, young adult, adulthood. I just always have this thing. It's, it 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 messes with my self esteem, and messes with my body image. It messes with my ability to even think of myself in more positive ways. Anyway, I have this um, interesting relationship with the food, and I always have. Um, I I'm I'm reminded of two seasons of my life, um, and this is like pretty early on in my uh, ministry. Um, career. Um, I was still, uh, you know, within the first three or four years, maybe both of these kind of situations occurred. Um, but one season, um, speaking of Lent, actually, today is uh, the day that we record this is the uh, the start of Lent, Ash, Ash Wednesday. Wednesday. That's right. Um, so it's funny that this is coming back around. Um, <laughs> what are you giving up, buddy? <laughs> no, well, back then, yeah. uh, back then, I I don't know how wait. this came, okay? Yeah. But wait, I don't know how this came, okay? But at the beginning um, or in the couple of days or weeks leading up to Lent, I got really scared because I felt like God was saying, I want you to do like a like a, I don't know what to call it now, but it's like a liquid fast, yeah. like mm-hmm. no solid foods. Nope, just juice. Yeah, for all of Lent. <laughs> <Okay>. Sheesh. <laughs> and I got really scared. I was like... Oh, uh, God, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, yeah. I was like, no, I don't want to do it. And then, you know, uh, you know, Ash Wednesday, the start of Lent it was getting closer and closer. And finally, I, I don't know what came over me, but I just thought I'm going to do it. Oh, wow. And uh, I tried. And I wasn't very successful, yeah. <laughs> but I tried. And actually, um, for the first, like, three weeks of Lent, I want to say, like, 20, 21 days, I, I was actually... Doing okay. Oh, nice. Um, you know, I, I take my um, Sabbath breaks, so it's yeah. like six days, and, and I get to sort of, uh, with wisdom, just sort of uh, take a break, and then go back to it um, Monday through Saturday. So I would take my Sabbath breaks, but for about three weeks, I was actually doing pretty good, and then um, there was, uh, in the middle of Lent, um, like I had to go to a wedding, and it was a very dear friend of mine at the time, and... I, I had already made up in my mind before that because it's a it's a celebration because it's a very you know um, important friend to me. Mm. Um, I just felt like it was okay to sort of break it. It was like on a Friday or Saturday, right? Yeah. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a Sabbath break. And so um, in the middle of Lent, um, I went to this wedding and I just I partook. I I ate and I drank and I had a good time and then I went home. And then the next day, uh, I um, I wake up and I'm like. Man, I'm hungry. I just, I just got to have my fill last night. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungrier than I've been, mm-hmm. than the first couple days, or even like up till now after yeah. these many. I'm hungry, and so I was just like, "Wow, what's one more day?" And so mm. I, oh, I, see. I just, ate, I, I ate again, right? Yeah. I broke my fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, just to speed to the end it happened over and over again until by like day 30 of Lent, I just said, I can't do it anymore. God, I, I'm such a sinner. I can't even do that, which you've led me to do. Like, and I was really struggling. I was really Hmm. struggling with like my, my ability to like reason with God and just whether or not I was right with God, I was right before God, like, I I just, I had a really hard time in that season. And these many years later, I look back on that season and it was, I think it was important. Number one, I think it was important for the Lord to show me Mm -hmm. that um, I'm not as strong as I think I am. Mm -hmm. Just because I set my mind to do something, it's it's not always gonna work out the way that I think it is, especially when I do it on my own strength and on my power. Um, Number two, I think the really big lesson for me um, as I think about that season is, I think God was just showing me That like, yeah. I I knew I knew you weren't strong enough. (laughs) I knew you couldn't do it, but I still called you anyway. Mm. Right. So it was my obedience in that season, it had less to do with whether or not I could do it, and everything to do with whether or not I would actually just obey. Yeah. Did it work out in the end? I don't know. But at at the very least, what I knew was that I just decided that I would obey. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. That's that season. I want to say maybe a year or two later, I felt like um, he was kind of coming back around. I don't think this was Lent, but I, I think the Lord, he was just highlighting 40 days. You know, I want you to, you, so you see it. So it was kind of like, a, almost like a redemption of of Lent that one season. So a couple of years later, I felt like God was saying, okay, I want you to fast. And again, this wasn't even Lent. This was like during the summer, June and July. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like God was saying red meat. Um, I want you to fast red meat. And, I think because I still had the failure of the first mm. Lent mm-hmm. fresh in my mind, I don't know, I just I prepared better, I prepared my heart better, but I also prepared my heart better in the way of if I don't do well, I, I will already have the lesson that I had in the first Lent, yeah. which is, well, yeah, it's, it's not by my own power, it's by the Lord's help, and, and I, I still just put my trust in the Lord anyway. I want to say, um, through that season, God really brought me through. And for those that are watching, those that are listening, you're thinking red meat. That's not a big thing. Well, to me, yeah, it's a huge thing. That's right. And the the consequences of giving something so simple as red meat, it just it just caused me to be more cognizant about what I'm putting in my body. It caused mm-hmm. me like you know i could go to fast food restaurants and get chicken sandwiches but but because the the temptation was so close i would avoid fast food altogether like i yeah. ended up eating better i ended up doing all these things a little bit better because going back to that place of just being obedient but yeah. also having the 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 effect or the freshness of that last lent yeah. still there and so it's this idea of progression it's this idea mm. of giving up that which you couldn't in the beginning, but doing it again, it's its the idea of God is not going to call you to do or to give up things that you can't handle. I don't know, maybe he will, but but something in there, like if you're attentive and if you're attuned, even that, like he'll teach you something or he'll show you something, or at the very least, yeah. he'll show you that he's still good.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even
0: when you are not faithful, yeah. right? And so I, I don't know. I just think it's very interesting because we're talking about obedience again for yeah. for those that are listening. We're talking about obedience and and the effect of obedience in our lives, right? And and the fact that three passages are talking about this idea that obedience opens up our lives in more ways than just oh, I'm good because I was
1: obedient. Yeah, you know what I mean. I love your story because. When you made the decision, I'm going to try to obey, right? In that struggle to obey, and even the failure, failure, you learn things about God, you learn things about yourself, you learn grace, mm. you know, and you learn progression. Mm. None of that would have been experienced had you not taken that first step yeah. to try to obey. So I love that, man. I think yeah. that's powerful. Um, yeah, good stuff,
0: man. <laughs> um there is a there is a second thing um, that I wanted us to kind of go into. Um, I had hinted at it um, a little while ago, but um, Pastor Key, in your message, you you took us through this uh, journey, right? And then eventually, you got to the place of um, you kind of illuminated the thought that I think a lot of people have when we talk about obedience and how. One of the other reasons why we are not more obedient or why we struggle with the idea of obedience, number one is because, and especially in America, especially in the culture that we live, obedience sounds too restrictive. Yeah. Right. It's it sounds too much like a closed fist when Mm -hmm. really what all of us want and what we're trying to go after is kind of like this open hand policy towards life. Oh, everything is fine. Everything is permissible so long as you can make sense of it and you could live and so long as you're not hurting anyone, everything is fine, right? It's it's obedience is too restrictive. I wonder if we could speak to that idea, Mm -hmm. maybe kind of speak against that idea that Christian obedience is not actually restrictive, but it's it it's the gateway. It's the door through which we walk into a more fulfilled and redeemed life. Can I'd love for us to speak into that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, Pastor Bobby, I've been going first this whole time. <laughs> mm. They got that eye roll, by the way. On. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> they're always watching.
2: always watching. Now they are. Um, I think. Mm. I think the way God, God's hand is different from the way we think, meaning, mm, or the way we've experienced what happens when we disobey. Mm -hmm. When we disobey our parents, we get punished. For Mm. something Mm -hmm. but when we disobey god we miss out on something
3: Mm.
2: i think that is the biggest um difference Mm. so we may think that it is restrictive but it's only restrictive if you disobey Mm. meaning like you said obedience is the gateway to deeper better bigger things with god more meaningful things intimacy with god and if we disobey then you just stay the same you just stay in the same place and you might be okay being there Mm. but somewhere along the way you'll you'll realize what you missed out on Mm. and when you realize what you missed out on there's no going back sometimes Mm. You know, there is redemption, Mm. but like I mentioned last time, I do believe there is a certain type of grace for something that God is calling you to do in this moment, and you miss that when you disobey. Mm. So I think that is why people feel like it's so restrictive, Mm. like that, you know, because they compare it to the ways that they've been punished or the consequences that they've received because of their disobedience more in the natural. Mm. But in God's realm, it's, I think, it's a little bit different. Mm. Um, So, I mean, you know, all of this that I'm saying, like, even the thing that, even the way I answered before and now, it's all, like, because I'm learning it, too. Mm. And I think I'm not afraid that God's going to punish me anymore. I think I was when I was in like high school you know yeah but as i've matured and as i've grown in my intimacy with the lord the thing i keep saying these days more often now is that i don't want to miss out Mm. and to me that is the consequence of disobedience Mm. so yeah
0: that's good that's good
1: yeah that was really good actually thanks pastor bobe um I think when it comes to obedience, especially in the Christian context, when people think about it, they think of—I um, think they're falling for the lie that Satan—well, I think they're falling for the lie that—of um, Genesis, of early Genesis with Adam and Eve, Yeah, right? Because it's it's fascinating because— I I remember actually I was in missions in China and they were talking about the whole serpent, you know, tempting and this and that. And basically their whole thought was God is a God who prohibits. Why is he the God who prohibits, right? And then if you think about it, it's like, no, God is not the God who prohibits. He gave them free reign of the entire garden to do pretty much whatever they wanted, Mm -hmm. right? And it was just this one little boundary that yeah. he put in place uh and i talked about this in a previous sermon but he puts that boundary there because you need boundaries to flourish in life uh and the illustration i like to use is actually grammar but i'll use a different one so i don't know I, sometimes i'll be on instagram and i see these people who just use a pencil and they they can make photorealistic images mm-hmm. just using that mm-hmm. their pencil I'm like oh my god that's unbelievable yeah but you know how they got there They got there because they subjected themselves to discipline, right? They subjected themselves to learning technique, uh, to learning these basic things that were probably felt like straitjackets to them initially, right? But as they obeyed, you know, if you will, those particular parameters and boundaries of of this particular art, they were able to create things that they would not have been able to create otherwise Mm. Uh, but let's say they had thrown all those they're like you know what I don't want to learn these techniques and they just kind of started drawing everywhere you know they're enslaved to chaos at that point they're enslaved to less expression believe it or not Uh, and so that's for me the best way to think about it like God puts these boundaries in place because as you um, obey God through these ways your expression of life becomes that much more healthy that much more wine that much more rich Mm. Uh, and i hope people could really i hope that i mean for me that's very persuasive that's persuasive that's very compelling you can use it for any discipline use it for music let's say oh, i just play any keys right i don't listen to rhythm or or you know, any of that stuff or you know it's gonna sound like garbage mm-hmm. right but once i structure myself to you know the the parameters of music uh theory and things like that i'm going to have to create some of the most beautiful music out there yeah. in the world, and that's basically the the same thing with life. Yeah. You know, and if you understand God, especially God, when you see Jesus on the on the cross, man, you think He's out there just to restrict you? No, mm-hmm. man, He He's really there to give you the fullness of life. And just one more way to think about it, I think um, for me, it's interesting because human beings, we have finite minds. As big as our imaginations are, your finite minds, right? But God has infinite imagination, and so if you subject yourself, submit yourself to the infinity that God is, what you can think of of what your life should be pales in comparison to what it could be, hmm. you know, under God. And so there's just so many ways of attacking it yeah. that it's hard for when people tell me that God is restrictive. I'm like, man, you don't really know much about God <laughs> sure. or sure or just life, actually. Sure. So, but anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's always such an interesting thing when people say that only because, and I come against this, I come up against this more and more the older that I get, but it's like, okay, what's the, what is the, <clears throat> what is the other end of what they're describing? Yeah. Safety, like, growing a career, earning a certain amount of money, especially <laughs> in what's pervasive around this culture, right? Like, and in this region, it's, it's getting as much money or power or yeah. influence as possible it is setting yourself up to retire by a certain age it is mm-hmm. setting up your kids if you're building a family it's 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 taking care of your parents if you're in a position and have to do that and and i don't know like that that seems pretty restrictive to yeah. me <laughs> exactly like, right like submitting yourself to a lifetime of only thinking and th- and like that being your paradigm yeah. that you will only be happy if you earn X amount of dollars or you'll only be happy if you are what's the what's the old phrase it's like I'm only happy with more like what's the amount of money that you need more right like and and it's I don't know like the older that I get and the more that I I understand how this world works outside of the four walls of the church There's a part of me that just goes, man, if anything, that's the restrictive life. Yeah, that's right. To me, in my eyes, the idea that I have to work this job for 40 years only to earn a pension that'll last me so that I can continue to have money until I finally go meet the Lord in heaven, Mm -hmm. that seems like the restrictive. That's right thing to me yeah do you know what i mean like the idea that i can learn new aspects of of my spirituality and my relationship with the lord simply by doing something as silly as no red meat for this yeah. season yeah and i learned something about myself and i learned something new about god and i learned something new about what i can or cannot do i don't know like that just seems like the better thing yeah
1: and ex- it expanded you Made yeah you, you know yeah. yeah that's beautiful man and C.S. Lewis actually talks about this because he says those who throw off God and want to do it their own way those are the people at the end of the day that fall into very predictable patterns Yeah, believe it or not because they're so subject to their own desires yeah. and your desires are very if you just follow your animalian desires are very very predictable
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so don't wait <laughs> I mean simply put don't wait don't yeah. wait to at least do something right like I, I don't think the three of us i don't think we would ever the first things out of our mouths would ever be like sell all your possessions and go to this far off and distant land i don't think the three, I, I don't believe the three of us would ever say anything <laughs> like that i mean so much of what we try to do as pastors is, is it makes sense okay so there's this huge thing called obedience and we're trying to make sense of it here's what you could do in your everyday life right yeah. so um just just don't wait please like i don't know i, I my heart goes out to those that continue to like whine and whine mm-hmm. and, and and I don't mean whine in like a I don't mean to look down on and use that kind of a language, but but there is something to that, right? It's there's a just kind of like a a desperate plea, like, oh, I want something more, but then you continue to yeah. submit yourself to the paradigm yeah. of this world, which is just keep working, keep earning and get ahead in this rat race of life and I don't know. I think I should be so lucky.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think one piece to this is sometimes desperation will get you to a place of obedience. I think I experienced that. I, I talked about it in my sermon. Like, desperation got me to a point of prayer. Yeah. Um, but I will say, though, some people get to a place of desperation and they don't go to Prayer, they yep. don't go to this thing, yep. so it's still as much as God will get you into a desperate place, you still need to make a conscious decision to mm-hmm. obey, even at that point. Um, but yeah, I don't know, sometimes you need to be put in a hard, hard place to, <laughs> <laughs> to obey, but you know, yeah. but you don't have to be there, you don't have to get there to do yeah. that. So,
0: Lord, let it happen sooner rather than later.
1: Amen. Um,
0: I want to. Start to make our descent. We've been at cruising altitude for a little bit. I want to start to make our descent. <laughs> I love this imagery. <laughs> we can. Uh, Pastor Key, in our uh, staff meeting, I'm going to go to you first, but no uh, Bobe, I'm coming your way. Don't you worry about it. But um, in our staff meeting yesterday, we're recording this on Wednesday. So in our staff meeting yesterday morning, uh, you said something. Uh, I, It's funny. Every time you say this, I, I find it kind of funny um, because though I understand it as a pastor and as a preacher, I didn't get the sense. Okay. Um, but you obviously felt it in a very deep way, yeah. so I kind of wanted to understand this this part of it a little bit more. But yeah. yesterday in the snapping, you just basically said like afterwards you were so depressed. Like <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> this message, you were just so depressed because you felt like you didn't hit some of the notes that you wanted to hit. Or yeah. I totally understand that yeah. feeling. By the way. Yeah. Um, I actually the last time I preached for church I felt the exact same. I was like, yeah. oh shoot, I I did almost nothing that I wanted to do in that message. Um no, but but you had said that I, I wanted to maybe lean into that push that button a little bit. I yeah. help us understand what that means when you say that. Yeah. When I was
1: <laughs> after after I, know. I felt
2: that so hard. That, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when I was delivering the sermon, um, man, I felt distracted. Um, none of my comedic timing was there. Not mm. that I have any comedic timing, but you know, every <laughs> once in a while I'm inspired, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and none of the dynamics that I wrote in the manuscript came out. Mm. And I felt I, I think the words I used uh the staff meeting was i felt like that was the worst sermon i gave in years yeah it's so funny um that. and i don't know i had a particular vision of how that sermon was gonna end up being and i think i was probably comparing it to that hmm. but i also the other thing is i i don't i don't know how people are receiving it so that i think i need to be a little bit more open to that my wife said it wasn't your worst
2: <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Rala to speak the truth.
1: I like that. It wasn't, it was, your, it worst. wasn't your worst. I know which one your worst. Yeah, worst.
2: I tell <laughs> you right now.
1: Or yeah, you know, it wasn't as bad as you <laughs> thought, or something like that. <laughs> which yeah, wasn't right. very helpful. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. it It's it's tough because just just so people know the the kind of struggle that pastors go through Mm -hmm. so for me preaching in seminary seminary i learned is primary to my calling as a pastor Mm -hmm. right and so um i try to work really hard in taking that seriously and and delivering messages that i feel like will teach them something real uh, will hopefully do it in a way that's somewhat entertaining and mm-hmm. informative, easy to listen to and stuff. Um, and, and also, it doesn't help that all the church planning data out there says when a person comes to your church, <laughs> the sermon is really where it's at. Sure. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I get one chance at this. <laughs> yeah. And so what depressed me was, believe it or not, I saw some newcomers there. And I'm like, okay, I lost them. Oh, Lord.
2: That lie. I Dagger lie. to my heart.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, so that was one of the things I was thinking. I yeah. was just like, man, God, you know, I really, wow, you know, and and also recently, so there's parts of my sermon that I didn't want to include that I included because I felt like this will speak a little bit more to to non-believers or people who are exploring the faith a yeah. little bit, and yeah. so. Um, but I'm just like, did that really work? I'm not sure, and this and that. And so I was just a lot of second guessing. Um, and so that's the difficult thing, right? Pastors, we struggle with, hey, we got to work really hard. You need to put your time into make a message, right? Mm-hmm. But then the other part is, well, God's grace, you know, really relying on God's grace. And sometimes if you work too hard on a, on a message, you're like, oh, am I de- depending too much on my strength? And therefore not depending on God's grace. And that's why it bombed. You yeah. know? So it's like there's this crazy like yeah. <laughs> mental, you know, yeah. <laughs> gymnastic thing that you're going through. Yeah. Um and sometimes I'm just like, I don't know where I don't know where I fell on that. <laughs> you know. Um and but then the the other thing is like you rely too much on God's grace and become lazy and you don't put the work in, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's just like, God, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You know, what, why do you call us to do this,
0: Lord? <laughs> it's damned if we do, damned if we don't. Oh, man.
1: So it just, it was just, I don't know. I don't, but it was interesting because the first person I talked to after I gave the sermon, she goes, That was a really good sermon. I was like, You're a liar. <laughs> no. No, that's literally what was going through my mind. You're just being nice.
2: <laughs> that's how it really felt if you're listening. Yeah. If you're that person, yep. he does how he really felt, yeah. guys.
1: Yeah. Oh man, so he's, yeah, yeah, he's not alone it's in okay. feeling. <laughs> it's
2: okay, Pastor Key. It's okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, you better pray for us if you're watching. Yeah, stretch out your hand and pray. <laughs> yeah. the screen right now, put your hand on the screen right now and pray for us. Um, you know, it's so funny, Pastor Key. Yeah. I respe- I. It's. This is not just to gas you up, but it, there's a there's a commentary here that is at play, but actually i really respect you you know like not only for your style of preaching and your style of leadership and the fact that you've been so good to me personally but Mm. bobby i'm sure you've been the recipient of this as well but but also just like i have a lot of respect for people that have so much so many years in the ministry yeah Mm. you know like yeah upwards of 20 yeah ish
1: 25
0: yeah Look your, at you,
2: twenty five years. Your
0: ministry career is old enough to go rent the car. You yeah. <laughs>
1: I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know if that's encouraging, man. <laughs> no, what I <I'm>, mean
0: <laughs> Okay, let me try to let me try to find it.
2: It's like fine wine. How about <laughs> yeah. that? How
0: yes, about that, Josh? Fine <laughs> wine. It only gets better with age, yes. yes. Well, so what I mean what I mean where I mean to go is it's, it's funny how after all these years, you still have mm. a, what do I call, um, like a fear, hmm. like a holy fear, a righteous fear yeah. of the moment, right? yeah it's, it's I don't know, like there, is, there are days, there are seasons in my life in which I preach and I have no fear and mm. it's not good. Like I, I don't mean that I'm fearless. I mean that I have no like reverence. I have no holy fear of that place and being the mouthpiece, like being the person through which somebody else is going to receive a truth of the Lord. Right? Like yeah. there are some days where I don't have that fear, and I don't know. Like the the one thing that stands above all the other things here, Pastor mm. Key, is that this idea. I, I think that only happens because. You have a holy fear of that place. And mm. I, I think it's good, right? I think it yeah. it's like cold water down your back. It just makes you kind of be focused and mm. and try to do everything that you can. But but then also the other side, it maybe it goes past a certain place and then you start yeah. to feel like that was the yeah. worst sermon you gave in years. And yeah. I don't know, because like the other thing too, and this is the thing about this podcast, is like mm. I, I want it to be proof positive that even if you felt that, Pastor Key, yeah. there is still good and fruitful conversation to be had out of a message like this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's just to like you know believe that unconditionally yeah, like yeah. it's it's absolutely possible you know so anyway i just it's it's funny that you said that and i mm. wanted to encourage you with that um yeah and I, I i i know that that's that feeling very well but bobby for you i'm sure there are times there are moments there are messages for you too <laughs> i'm sure that you kind of feel that way how do you wrestle with that moment what do you do in that place like how do you even get past that
2: I hide. <laughs> 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 um, that's like immediately what I thought. Oh, no, man. I think
0: the honesty on this podcast is through the roof right now. <laughs>
2: Um, well, it is true. Yeah. Like there is a part of me that like really wants to hide when mm. I feel like I've bombed it mm-hmm. or it wasn't what I wanted it to be mm-hmm. or thought no. it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to it again. Yeah. It's not self-torture. In the beginning, it used to feel very torturous. But then I listened to it. I'm like, oh, it's not half bad.
3: <laughs> it wasn't like yeah. that
2: bad. Yeah. You know, like, because yeah. I think hmm. when we think something hmm. is bad, it's so extreme. You know, oh, that was like the worst, you yep. know. But when I, the reason why I listen again is so I can grow. Hmm. But then when I do listen again, I'm like, oh, was isn't that bad. And then so that, like, helps me move on Mm -hmm, and then hope for the best (laughs) the next time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I do think, like, it really depends on the type of week or months I've had leading up to this message. Well, lucky for me, I don't preach every week Mm -hmm. like that. You know, I preach to the children, but that's not nearly the same type of prep I have to do to preach in front of, like, adults, you know? Mm -hmm. I go from like preaching 7, 10 minutes to mm-hmm. like 30. Yeah. Like, you know, your girl is not good at that. <laughs> but I think it really does depend, at least for me, on what kind of input I've had from the Lord. Mm. That makes all the difference. Mm. Yeah. Not just in my delivery, but the way I feel after. Because generally speaking, I want to say 100% of the time that I've preached, I don't think oh, yeah, mm. I nailed it. It's yeah. always like, huh, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. But then, and then people come up and say like, oh, that was so good, blah, blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, thank you. And then that makes me want to hide even more. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. all, you know, so just, you know, you just trust the Lord and mm-hmm. hope that next time it doesn't suck as bad <laughs> yeah. as this time.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. Uh I, Again, to both of you, uh, I feel like we're in lockstep. There are so many times and seasons where you have it or you don't have it. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, really. Some messages you got it, or, and I wish I could point to like the prep, but I've I've done messages. I've done the thirty-hour prep, and I've done the three-hour prep, and I've done the ten-hour prep, and I've done the fifteen. You know, I've yeah. I've done it. And there almost seems to be no formula. (laughs) No, not at all. For whether or not. You know, if you just work on it more, it'll get better. I don't know. I've tried. I've so tried. You know, I said this to um, my wife, Dawn, uh, kind of like toward the beginning uh, of our relationship. I think I said, I forget how it came up, but basically the idea was there are times when, it's like my flesh wants. To, I want to hear that was a great sermon, mm. That's Josh. What a yeah. great sermon! Mm-hmm. Wonderful. But the thing is, I recognize that that is my flesh, mm. right? Yeah. And so the the my spirituality, the the thing that maybe is a little bit closer to him. It's I would rather not hear anything, not good not bad i don't want to hear anything mm-hmm. just if it was a good message and if you were blessed by it go away <laughs> and go do whatever it yeah, you know, like, go yeah. live out right. whatever mm-hmm. the blessing you know like that's my heart right but i know that sometimes people need the to to be able to say it just because it meant so much to them i i get that right and yep. and after after x amount of years i finally learned to kind of just receive it with some humility but then also like receive it with the with the right amount of of just okay Josh just let the lord continue to do the work and not you right so yeah. um you know it's it's funny because like in the beginning she didn't quite get it or understand it mm. you know she she, mm-hmm. she sort of like okay I think I get it but not really but um I still kind of come back to that you know for me if I had my way my most like even keeled I have found nirvana sort of a state yeah. don't say anything yeah. <laughs> if the message was good first of all if the message was bad don't you dare say anything. <laughs> 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 I don't know that I can handle it yeah but if the message was good just do me a favor go go and live it out yeah just go and do it yeah and let that be the thing and that will be my reward and that will be mm. the, the sort of thing that I walk away with so I don't know I just think it's funny Different years of experience, yeah. different um, context, different everything. But we still kind of have that thing.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I think what made this Sunday worse was <laughs> the years of experience. Because yeah, in my mind, so interesting. I was driving home I, so after the... You know, I was smiling and shaking hands and having a good time talking to people during fellowship and yeah. then I got into my car and I just started yelling at God. Not at, <laughs> not like not like at him, yeah, but just yeah. saying like God I failed. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just like, And I just really just was really, really upset and um and part of what made it so much worse is I, I said to God, like God, it's been twenty five years. Mm. Why is this still? A, why is this still a thing? Yeah, you know, and, and it felt like. I mean, to me, while I was up there, I'm like, this feels like a sermon I would have given maybe about 15 years ago. Mm. Uh, and so that's kind of what what made it Aww. much worse. But really, I think. and Thank you for your kind words before. Really, I actually, as you were sharing that to me, I was getting kind of emotional because you know, it's encouraging to hear. Mm. Um, but really, I think. What I long for is for people when they hear my preaching and genuinely yeah, I don't know if you've been listening to my prayers before I I, I preach nowadays. I'm just like, God, you know, just do something and I want people to have an encounter. Like I want people Mm, to have a moment like they just feel God, yeah. you know, and because I've had those moments, you know, I'm like walking around hear something or, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, God blessed me through this person. I'm just like, God, I want to be that. I want yeah. to be able to do that for people so that they really have an encounter with you. And I felt like I had just bombed at, at this past Sunday. And not like necessarily you can control that per se. You mm-hmm. don't want to artificially, because you, you see so much on social media, people try to manufacture that. Yep. Right. But i don't know so but yeah this is a good discussion you know I, i'm glad we talked about this i think this is therapeutic for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 it's, okay. it's okay um
0: yeah uh um we can go on and on about you know sadness and how we fail and all this stuff. podcast <laughs> therapy yeah uh this is good this is good um you better have kept your hand on that I screen know, if you're watching. i you know, for we, us. We need a prayer all Sheesh. throughout this segment. Um, I continue to have an amazing time on these podcasts yeah. for yeah. no other reason than we get to dive into those kinds of places, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, if you're listening, if you're watching, I hope you understand that like we're all trying here, right? Like none of us have none of us have it. Yeah. And we're not masters, but for whatever reason, um, we feel like God has called us to a certain mm-hmm, place. Mm-hmm. And the three of us, and so many more pastors too. Like I'm not just highlighting us three as a, like we're the only three pastors in this region that are trying yeah. to be faithful, right? Like, no. like pastors, I feel like good, honest Christian pastors that are just trying to live out the Word of God. You know, we're ju- we're just all trying to be faithful, and we struggle with obedience plenty of times too, right? Yep. And we struggle mm-hmm. with whether or not. Um, we're good enough for the ministry that we've been called to. So, hopefully, um, that that also is an encouragement, right? If you're listening or if you're watching, you know, hopefully that's an encouragement to you, as, as it's been to us. That God is going to continue to use you, yeah. right? And you're going to fail. That's okay. But just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and just continue to be um, obedient in all the ways that He's called you. So, um. I think that's a good place. That's a yeah. good place to land. We went a little long, um, but I think it was all good. Yeah. I think it was all and good.
1: And we can cut it up, put some clips in here and there, different places.
0: Yeah, definitely, um, definitely, definitely, if you're watching or listening, you should be kind of um, in tune or following us on IG, and you should be subscribed on YouTube because like, this is where these kinds of things go. Yep. Um, my wife was asking me like what you know so what's the point of all this it's it's really just to leverage places like youtube and instagram not so much to serve ourselves but to serve others right um and so you should definitely be following us if you're not because this is this is where you'll get tidbits and and little morsels that'll help you throughout your week and so um yeah we even started to record our sunday sermons um uh the message portions yes and uh through the ig we're we're kind of putting out little uh, videos here and there Um, yeah one
1: of our productions people said uh we should start doing that they're like everybody else is doing it not that we do it because everybody else is doing it but um sometimes a little snippet can be helpful yeah you know the, the week
0: we can yeah. We could leverage this for for good, right? Yeah. And the three of us will just try to be accountable to that idea that it'll be leveraged for good and not for self gain. So wait, so
2: there's like two things now looking at us when we preach.
3: Yeah.
0: No. Oh,
2: shoot.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, there yeah. oh,
0: there's the live God. stream camera and then there's a se- separate phone camera oh. that we use and that's that's the that's the IG one. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. So. You don't notice it For, so for next time For next time <laughs> yeah. Sooner rather than later <laughs> um, Also last, last announcement uh, We have a guest speaker this coming Sunday What's Which that? means uh, If everything has held true uh that means that next time you listen to our voices and this podcast goes out we're going to have the guest speaker join us. Yes. And we're so gonna excited have a, for that. We're going to have a guest on this podcast which Exciting. I'm really I'm super excited about. Um the last one we had was the speaker for our uh annual retreat. That's right. Yeah. Jason Kill. And uh I had such a blast that time. I, I know that we're going to have such a blast um, uh, next week as well so yeah be on the lookout for that for that podcast when it comes out in any case uh thank you so much for listening thank you for watching hopefully uh the video portion of it works out and we're able to put that up um and uh yeah this conversation uh it's an ongoing one between the three of us and um in the life of our church so um yeah just just know that there's there's more to come uh, with that, we're going to bring this to a close. Thank you so much for listening again. This is NMPC Plus signing off for now.